0: Crossroads. Good morning and welcome to week two of our series called Supernatural. We are taking the summer and we are walking through the 44 miracles of Jesus. I want to encourage you, engage in the daily Bible readings, learn everything you can about Jesus, and enjoy for yourself these miracles that Jesus performed that literally changed thousands of people's lives and drew people to his story and to his mission, which was connecting people to him. And I got to be honest, before we go any farther, that's our mission here at Crossroads. Don't ever forget this. It's each and every one of us, the mission that God has given us. We connect people with Jesus. We celebrate the change that comes from people who encounter him. And we do everything we can to use the gifts and abilities that God has given each of us to contribute to the community. When we're all working together in this regard... We're fulfilling this mission that God has given us, and we celebrate what God is doing as more and more people are connected with him. So I invite you to join us. It's a movement. We're growing, and I got to be honest with you, it's exciting to see what God is doing because he is on the move here at Crossroads. Now, we're diving into week two of this series today, and we're going to be talking about the authority of Jesus. But we're building on what we we talked about last week when we talked about his miracle with the great catch of fish because what we see here is that he established himself as Lord. We we talked about the lordship of Jesus, recognizing that he is holy. There is no one like him. And at the end of the day, we need Jesus. And so the challenge was make sure that you have said yes to Jesus. Make sure that you are continuing to say yes to Jesus and that he is the Lord of your life because there is no one like him and we are desperate for him in our lives. Now, today we're shifting to this idea of the authority of Jesus. Today we're looking at the scripture where he calms a storm and you realize that Jesus is not only the authority and and has the power over death, He has the power and authority over creation itself. And that sets him in a whole other category. There is truly no one like him. And you realize, when you realize that he has the authority over life and death, the authority over creation itself, I want you to recognize one thing that's very important because it's significant to what we're talking about today. And that is in the relationship that that has with your faith. Jesus desperately wants you to put your trust in him. And if you truly and firmly believe in the authority of Jesus, then your faith will be strong. You will realize that there's no valley that you walk through, there's no storm that you weather in life where he is not there. You put your trust in the fact that he doesn't leave you, that he doesn't forsake you, that he still loves you with an everlasting and infinite love, that he is right there walking beside you, and you never let go of that faith. The problem is we allow fear uh, to creep into our lives and fear chases out faith. When I was growing up, I used to drive around uh, my parents' neighborhood. There was a circle that went around a road that went right through the middle of of the subdivision. And I would drive around the circle on my bike just all the time. That was what we did back in the olden days, right? We played with dirt and we rode our bikes because we didn't have internet or iPhones. So, I mean, imagine your kids today without all the electronics. And that's what we endured, right? We rode our bikes and we played outside. It was great. Now, I used to ride my bike around the neighborhood and every time I got to one specific house, they would have this nasty, mangy dog that was nasty. I mean, he was mean and he would chase me. He would bark and he would snarl and he would chase me. As fast as he could run, I would pedal as fast as I could. He'd be nipping at my heels and I'd be chased away from this dog. Well, for years, probably when I was seven, eight, nine, ten years old, every summer I'd drive my bike around the neighborhood and that dog would chase me. Well, I don't know what year it was. I don't know how old I was, but I finally had a moment of bravery where I realized, I'm bigger than this dog, I'm tired of this dog chasing me. And one summer, when the summer began, I rode my bike around for the first time, that dog started chasing me, I stopped my bike, and I don't know why, but I just started barking at the dog and running at it. And that dog stopped in its tracks. It was terrified. It ran away from me. Never chase me again. Problem solved. I am the alpha dog. It was a fantastic moment in the life of 11-year-old Tim. But that changed things forever for me, right? Now, no, I don't, now I don't have to run in fear every time I drive my bike in front of this neighbor's house. That dog is leaving me alone. And the same way that dog would chase me away, you guys, we allow fear To chase away our faith. When Jesus is calling us to put our trust in Him, He wants the exact opposite to happen. He's calling for us to put our faith in Him and for our faith to chase out our fear. And so I wanna ask you this question before we dive in today. I wanna ask you something. Why are you afraid? If there is something in your life that is paralyzing you, if there's something in your life that you're having a difficult time trusting God with, why are you afraid? Are you doubting the authority of Jesus? In no uncertain terms today, when we look at Matthew chapter 8, we see clearly the authority that Jesus has. And this is something that his disciples witnessed here and multiple times throughout the Gospels that that just makes no mistake about the authority that Jesus has. Let's read through this story together. It says in Matthew 8, 23 through 27. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. This is a pretty serious situation, okay? But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we are going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. He's calling him out in the middle of the storm, waves are still pounding the boat. I mean, it's a terrible situation. And he's saying, you guys what's wrong with you? Why do you have so little faith? You've allowed your fear to just chase away the faith. And then it gets interesting. He got up and rebuked the wind and waves. And suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They asked, even the winds and waves obey him. This really is an unbelievable moment. It's a moment where Jesus kind of gets up out of a nap. And just think about that juxtaposition there for a moment. It shows the the humanity of Jesus and the Godhood of Jesus all in one moment. I mean, he's absolutely exhausted. He's been working. He's been teaching. He's been performing miracles. He's finally getting some rest. He's sleeping in the boat. He's exhausted physically. And yet, as soon as he is awake, and what does he do? I mean, he just puts a muzzle on mother nature. I mean, it's an extraordinary moment, right? Like, be quiet, wind, calm down, and the storm immediately ends. I mean, it's an amazing snapshot of Jesus, the man, who is also 100% God. I mean, it really is an amazing snapshot of what that life would be like with Jesus. But in that moment, make no mistake, Jesus asserted his authority, And not just over the stuff that we can see, it's the stuff that we can't see. It's the stuff that we have to put our faith in. And in that moment, Jesus rises from a nap and has authority, just absolute authority over creation itself, which leads the disciples to this question. I think that we have to start with today, which is simply, who is this man? I mean, they're absolutely amazed. They're in awe going, What just happened? I mean, what is going on right now? He just calmed the storm by saying, cut it out. I'm trying to take a nap here. And the calm just settled in immediately. I mean, they're realizing there is no one like him. Who is this man? And when it comes to Jesus, you have to settle that answer yourself. I mean, last week, again, we talked about the lordship of Jesus, recognizing who he is, confessing with my mouth, Jesus, you are Lord, believing in my heart that God raised him from the dead. That's where salvation begins. It's that acknowledgement of the lordship of Jesus. Jesus, I need you. But when you take it to the next level and you talk about the authority of Jesus, what you are realizing then is I can put my faith in Jesus because he is either a liar. He's not really, you know, the God of the universe that he claims to be. He's either a lunatic. He's just straight up crazy or he actually is Lord. He is who he says he is and he can do what he says he is going to do. And so when you answer that question, who is this man? That really is a vitally important question that needs to be answered because there is a problem with Jesus. Jesus claims authority over all of heaven and earth. All right. He makes no bones about this. He presents himself not as one possible path to God, but as God himself. So we can choose not to believe him, but he cannot be one truth among many. He has simply not given us that option. So what you do with Jesus is really important. Who is this man? If you take him as God in the flesh, the savior of your soul, the creator of the universe, then you've got to put your trust in the authority that he has. You have to have faith that he will never leave you, that he will never forsake you, that you are his dearly loved child. That when you're walking through a valley or experiencing a storm in life, that He is walking through that moment with you. There's nothing in your life that He doesn't care about. There's nothing in your life that He isn't aware of. And you have to have faith, even in the darkest of moments, to recognize that God is still there and He's still going to work in this and through this. It's those moments of testing where our faith actually has a chance to grow. But it's also those moments of testing where fear rises itself up and tries to chase out our faith. I want to challenge you today, if you're experiencing a storm in life, if you're walking through a valley, you're having a difficult time trusting God with something right now, I want to ask you something. Why are you afraid? Why are you doubting the authority of Jesus? And I want to challenge you today to to surrender that fear. Let your faith rise up and chase that fear right out. Put your faith, put your trust In Jesus, you guys, there is no one like him, and he has all authority, and he loves you deeply, more deeply than you could ever know. Don't doubt that. Don't let your fear come in and chase out that faith. It's too important. In John 14, Jesus made this statement about himself. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I mean, it doesn't get much more authoritative than this. I mean, he's talking about holding the power over our very eternity. Our very souls. This is the lordship of Jesus on full display. This is the authority of Jesus. Also, again, on full display. He has the power over life and death. He has the power of all creation. He is our creator, our sustainer. He is Lord. There is no one like him. And when you recognize this, when you're able to put your trust in Jesus and believe this, you realize that when he says he is the way this is deeply personal. Jesus wants us to know him, to have a relationship with him, to experience God with man. I mean, it's an unbelievable concept to even try to understand that God would would become a man that he would give himself up on the cross just so we could have this relationship with him. So we could be reconciled so that our relationship with him could be made right. We could experience forgiveness and freedom that was otherwise impossible to experience. It's, it's unbelievable to even fathom the love that God has for us in that regard, that he holds the keys to our eternity, that he holds the keys to our our future and to our souls. He loves us. He is Lord. He has the authority to do all these things. And he longs for us to have this intimate And deeply personal relationship with Him. I challenge you today, draw close to Jesus. If you're walking through a storm, if you're in a valley, if you're having a hard time right now, trusting Him with a difficult situation that you're facing, don't allow your fear to chase out your faith. Let your faith grow. Put your trust in Him. There is no one like Him, and He is there. I I challenge you to think about this He is not only the way, He is the truth. And this is profound because not only do we realize that he wants me to know him, he wants me to follow him. We talked about this a little bit last week where when the disciples encountered these miracles of Jesus in the great catch of fish, what was their response? They left everything immediately. They dropped their nets where they were, left their boats where they were sitting, and they followed Jesus because that was now the most important thing in their life. They were passionate about following Jesus. And when you put your trust, when you build your faith on the reality that Jesus is the way he holds the the keys to my eternity, that he is the truth, this is deeply profound. Everything in life now is based on my foundation that is built on and around Jesus. And when you realize that 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 is a possibility, that the truth of Jesus is there, that I can put my trust in Jesus, it really builds the only philosophy for life that really makes sense. Because in Jesus, you realize he answers the question of my origin. Do Do you really believe that you came from nothing, that you're just the result of some random explosion? Or do you believe that you were created in the image of God? boy, that changes everything from, from where you began, your origin. If you believe you came uh, from, from a creation of God, created in his image, that you are his child, that changes your entire perspective on life itself. Think about the profoundness of that truth. The reality that Jesus answers the question of my purpose. If, if I have been made in the image of God, then I have been made by him. Scripture says I have been made for him. My life has purpose. My life has meaning. What I do here is significant. It matters for eternity because I am dearly and deeply loved by God and he has a plan for me. That gives me hope in the middle of the darkness when I'm walking through the deepest valley and I'm in the middle of the the roughest storms. I still have hope because I believe that God made me in his image, that he has a purpose and a plan for my life and I can continue to put my trust in him. And you guys, he's faithful. He's just He never allows us to experience anything more than we can handle. And I just reaffirm with you today. You can put your trust in Jesus. He is Lord. He is the final authority. When I put my trust in Jesus and in his truth, it answers the question of my morality. I now know what's right and wrong because Jesus has called me to become more like him. If it's not like Jesus, I shouldn't be doing it. It shouldn't be a part of my life. And as Jesus molds me and shapes me more and more into his image, you realize that the closer you become to Jesus, the more fulfilled your life is, the more meaning you have. You realize that this is where life is lived truly to the fullest. And that leads to the final point where Jesus answers the question of my destiny. I have something to look forward to. I have hope for eternity. I have hope that this life isn't all there is. I have hope for eternity with Jesus, to be reunited with him and all those that I love, to, to have a hope for a future that is beyond what anything that I could ever imagine or conceive. My hope in Jesus changes everything. And when I put my trust in his truth, it is profound enough that it sets the tone. It sets the foundation for a life and for a philosophy that truly makes sense and gives my life the most possible meaning. That's a lot to ponder. It's a lot to consider. It's a lot to think about. But the reality is when Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life, it changes everything. When he says he is a life, this is powerful. This is again, where life is lived to the fullest when i'm living for jesus i have no regrets i'm, I'm walking with god I, I'm, I'm doing what is right my heart is pure i'm doing everything i can to become more like him that's where life is lived to the fullest the the devil tries to tell us this lie that when we live for ourselves that that's where the the real joy and happiness comes from when i'm consumed by my my desire for possessions and for pleasure and for power and prestige none of those things fulfill The most fulfilling life comes when I choose to focus on Jesus, becoming more like him and submitting to his lordship and putting my trust in his authority. If I'm able to live my life walking by that kind of faith, I realize that Jesus not only wants me to trust him, but that 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 is where life is lived to the fullest. So I want to challenge you to think about this. This question who is, who is this man? I mean, that's the first and most important question I think we need to answer here. But let's consider the question that Jesus asked the disciples in this moment. They awaken him from his nap, which I got to be honest with you. If I can ever grab a nap every now and then, I'm a napper. I love a good thirty minute nap. That changes the course of my day. You can mock me for that if you want to, but man, if I can get one in, I will take that nap. So there it is. Some of us are nappers. Some of us are not. I'm a napper. I just I'm, there it is. I've just put that all out there for you. Now, here's the thing. When Jesus is awakened from his nap, and again, I take a nap because that's what Jesus did. All right, I'm following in his footsteps. So, uh, when Jesus is awakened from his nap, what's the first thing? He He asks the disciples, he says, why do you have so little faith? I mean, this is a big deal to him. He's saying, do you not recognize who I am? I'm I'm the author and the perfecter of your faith. I am your creator. I'm your sustainer. Do you realize who I am? Why do you have so little faith? And what you realize is the demand for faith in this story is the most important thing that Jesus is calling for. He's demanding a greater faith. He's saying, don't be sidetracked, don't be afraid by the storms in life. I'm right here. I'm with you. Nothing can possibly happen to you because I am in the boat with you. I mean, consider the, the significance of that. That is profound. If you believe that you are in the boat with Jesus and the storms of life are raging all around you, you have nothing to fear. Do not let fear chase away your faith. Jesus is right there in that boat with you. And that's, I think, was what just bothered Jesus was this reality that these disciples of his who had left everything to follow him based on faith, when they faced a storm, all of that faith got chased away by fear. That was a hard thing for Jesus to to come to terms with. And that was what what was bothering him the most. What you notice is he wasn't upset that they woke him from his nap. I got to be honest. I would be upset that they woke me up from my nap. He's upset at how little faith they had. What does that look like in your life? the storm that you're facing, the valley that you're walking through, the situation that you're having a difficult time trusting God with, if you believe that he is who he says he is, if you really believe that you can put your trust in him and, and that's your hope for eternity, I challenge you today that you can trust him to walk with you through this storm because he's there. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't forsake you. He cares deeply about you. You are his child. He has placed his name on you. And I have to challenge you today, do not let your fear chase away your faith. Put your trust in Jesus. He is Lord, and he's been given authority over life and death itself, over all of creation. He's in that boat with you. You have nothing to fear. And so I just challenge you today, because it's not easy. I get it. I've been there with you. You walk through a storm in life. Your your world gets turned upside down. You have no idea what's going on or why it's happening. You can feel like God has left you, that he's gone. I, I have to affirm you today and reaffirm the reality that he has not left you. He has not forsaken you. He is right there with you. No matter how dark it looks, no matter how bleak the situation seems, God still loves you with an everlasting love. And I just challenge you today to let your faith have a chance to grow put your trust in Jesus and don't let your fear chase away your faith. As we come to a close today, I want to go back to that main question, which is the main question to answer, which is when the disciples say in the boat, after seeing Jesus calm the storm, they say, who is this man? Well, he is God in the flesh. He is the the one who loves your soul. He's been given power over all of life, all of death, all of creation, and he loves you with an infinite love. In Jesus, you have your origin. You have your purpose. You have your meaning. He holds the keys to your destiny. I want to challenge you today. You can put your faith in him. So I ask you today as we close, why are you afraid? Please don't let your fear chase away your faith. Let's let this be an opportunity for our faith to grow. Put your trust in Jesus. Let your faith chase away these fears. Let's close in prayer. Jesus, I thank you today for who you are for the incredible way that you love us. And God, I just confess myself that in the storms of life that I have faced, when I walk through valleys and I sometimes get frustrated and upset, I wonder. And yet, God, you are faithful. You always show up. And you remind me that we're in this boat together. And so, Jesus, I just ask that you would help all of us, every single person who's watching and experiencing this moment right now. Jesus, would you just meet us where we're at and help us to increase our faith? to truly put our trust in you. God, may we allow our faith to chase away our fears, to put our trust in your promises that you never leave us, that you never forsake us, that you're not gonna give us anything that we cannot handle. God, that you're here. Today, Jesus, we say we put our trust in you. You are Lord. We need you. We desperately need you. And we believe, Jesus, that you have all authority. It is in you, God, that we find our origin. It is in you that we find our purpose. It's in you that we find the significance that we live for every day. It's in you that we find our eternal destiny. And so, Jesus, we lay all of our fears. We lay all of our problems, all the storms and the valleys that we're walking through. Jesus, we lay those at your feet now. And we step up in faith putting our trust in you. God, meet us where we are, draw us close to you, and bless us and keep us, I pray. I close with these words. God, bless us and keep us. May your face shine upon us and be gracious to us. God, turn your face toward us in the middle of our storms and give us your peace. We love you and we praise you today. We pray this in your name. Amen.